I'm Cecilia Lay, and this is Fifth Emission. Tuesday was not a normal day at the Oakland Coliseum. The Oakland A's were playing the Tampa Bay Rays, but this wasn't just a ball game. For sore ears, you hear in the background. That's off the glove, and the A's will take the lead. It was a party, a kind of group therapy session. But probably, most importantly, it was a protest. Over 27,000 loyal A's fans packed the stadium on Tuesday in a reverse boycott, more than triple this season's average attendance of an A's game. It was an effort to prove that there is still a strong fan base in Oakland, even as the team inches toward the exit and a move to Las Vegas. Oakland stands to potentially lose its third major sports team within a decade. The A's and the city of Oakland were in negotiations about a proposed multi-billion dollar ballpark development at Howard Terminal. That is until mid-April, when the team announced it had entered a deal for a stadium site in Las Vegas. On Wednesday, just a day after the reverse boycott, that move became more likely. The Nevada legislature gave final approval to public funding for a proposed ballpark on the Strip. Today on Fifth Emission, Chronicle sports columnist Ann Killian joins me to discuss the A's saga and why owner John Fisher's management has been an insult to the team's devoted fans. And she'll explain why they're so angry. Is there any way that the A's could stay in Oakland? And beyond just local disappointment, why might the Vegas relocation be a bad financial move for the team? Ann Killian, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. So, Ann, let's start with the latest in the A's relocation saga. On Thursday, Major League Baseball Commissioner Rob Manfred tried to blame the city of Oakland for the team's pending Vegas relocation. Why are Oakland leaders pushing back? The major league owners happen to be having um, their regular owners meeting in New York uh, this week. And at the end of them, Manfred addressed some reporters and he was asked about the um, A's reverse boycott on Tuesday night and and also the the legislation that was signed by the Nevada state. And this is what Manfred said. I feel sorry for the fans in Oakland. I do not like this outcome. I understand why they feel the way they do. I think that the real question is, what is it that Oakland was prepared to do? There is no Oakland offer. Okay. I mean, they they never got to the point where they had a plan to build a stadium at any site. And, you know, at some point you come to the realization it's just not going to happen. And within um, an hour or so of that remark, Mayor uh, Sheng Tao's office pushed back very hard. And she said that Manfred's statement was totally false. And it, it's true. It's ac- actually just a lie because Oakland did have a stadium plan. They did have the Howard Terminal plan that was um, not just a ballpark plan. It was this monolith of a developmental plan that re- was required to pass all sorts of environmental reviews, um, required an enormous amount of funding which Oakland um, had actually gotten a lot of the funding in in grants um, and had raised uh, financing to the tune of over $700 million. They'd cleared all these hurdles 
And they were continuing to meet every day with the A's. And there was thought that it was very close to being finalized when the A's pulled out in April uh, and said they had a binding agreement in Las Vegas. So what Manfred said is just flat out wrong. It's it's not true. Hmm. Now, A's fans clearly have faith in the city's efforts to keep the team in Oakland. And this was really shown on Tuesday night, as you mentioned, in this reverse boycott. You were there. Describe the atmosphere at the game for me. What did you see and what was it like? It was really emotional. Um, It kind of gave you goosebumps. I grew up in the Bay Area. I went to A's games as a kid. I went to A's games as a young adult, as a reporter. I've covered millions of events there. And this was a very unique event. It was all fan-driven. The fans are so tired of being vilified and being told that they don't care about a team that John Fisher, the owner of the A's, has gutted. He has the lowest payroll in all of Major League Baseball. After gutting the team, selling off all its stars, he actually had the gall to raise season ticket prices, one of the reasons fans have not been showing up. And so they wanted to show that there is this deep well of support here. It's just, you know, people don't want to give John Fisher their money. So they decided to do a reverse boycott and 27,000 people uh, showed up. Well, that's what they said showed up. Supposedly there were thousands more stuck in gridlock outside the stadium They raised money, a couple of different fan groups raised money and created T-shirts, Kelly Green T-shirts with the word sell on them. So thousands of people were wearing those shirts. They were doing chants, sell the team and some more vile, (laughs) profane chants that we we can't mention here. Um, But it was a very powerful feeling of community, a very powerful statement um, about how the fans feel about it's not about the A's, it's about the owner. And there's a lot of anger. And a lot of the fans I talked to said, you know, if we want to be with each other, with people who feel the same way. Yeah, it was a cool night. You spoke to some fans there. Was there anything that they shared with you that really stood out? Just that feeling of togetherness. They also express doubt that the Vegas thing will really happen because they're so used to John Fisher not being able to accomplish really anything. So they um, are hopeful that his ineptitude will continue. Now, there were multiple generations. Um, I talked to people who'd been coming since they were little kids and they were there with their grandkids. One of the most powerful moments was at the top of the fifth inning to commemorate 55 years at the Coliseum. Everything went silent. And that was maybe the most powerful moment because to get 27,000 people to be silent, it's pretty amazing. You know, it was just a bittersweet but powerful night. Now, you shared what Commissioner Manfred, how he responded to this reverse boycott. What did the team say about the boycott? Nothing. They seem to have censored their, their broadcast crew. I was told that the broadcasters kept saying, wow, look at all the fans without ever saying why it was happening, Mm -hmm. Um, even though you could hear the chants on TV and see the shirts. The thing that really upset people was the A's said that they would donate all the proceeds from Tuesday night's game to uh, Alameda Food Bank and, and an education fund. And that just really rubbed the people who started this reverse boycott the wrong way because they felt like the A's were co-opting something that had Mm -hmm. been completely fan-generated. But other than that, the team ignored it. And Manfred today really 
was, you know, almost sneering said, oh, it was nice to see that they could get an almost major league sized crowd, um, which is very hypocritical because they had more than 27,000 people there. The new stadium in Las Vegas will only hold 30,000. So I don't I don't really know if he's in a position to start um, running down crowds of that size. What's the next step in the A's relocation to Las Vegas? And is there any way for the team to stay in Oakland? Chronicle sports columnist Ann Killian shares after a quick break. You're listening to Fifth and Mission. If you have a comment or there's a story you think we should cover, let us know. You can email us at fifth, that's F-I-F-T-H, at sfchronicle.com, or leave us a voicemail at 415-777-6156. And Killian, let's talk about this Vegas move. Back in April, the A's announced they had a, quote, binding agreement to relocate the team to Vegas. That was for another site, but now they're looking to build a new stadium on the Strip. And on Wednesday, there was a big move in that direction. The Nevada legislature gave final approval to public funding for that stadium. We're chatting on Thursday afternoon, but where do things stand right now? Well, the expectation is that the governor will be signing that bill into law. And so all the Nevada approvals will be um, done from the political side. Then it will go to Major League Baseball and the other 30 owners need to approve it by a 75 percent margin. And I don't think Manford would be acting the way he does if he didn't know that the owners who are his boss Mm. would be approving this. Now, there's some that may not approve it. You know, there's some thought that the Dodgers and the Padres and the Angels, who all share Southern California, will not want to cede all of the rest of the state to the Giants. Earlier this week, one of the owners, uh, the Yankees, uh, Hal Steinbrenner, uh, talked about, you know, that that teams that aren't competitive, um, which the A's have, you know, by by design have not been competitive, um, are a drain and shouldn't be rewarded. But I still think, you know, every everyone who knows anything about baseball seems to think that that the vote will just be a formality and that they will approve this. And then there's the question of, you know, there is a, a huge amount of public funding coming, but the A's are they say they're in for over a billion. They have to prove that they're good for that money. And, and mm-hmm. um, you know, th- there's some question of what John Fisher's stomach for uh, putting that much of his own money in. Um, there's some question about what his actual worth is. Uh, he might want to even sell the team mm-hmm. um, now that he has an agreement for a stadium and just cash in hugely off a team that he bought for relative nothing, you know, 20 years ago. Right. And going back to that public funding aspect, the A's ballpark on the Strip would come with a really hefty price tag of $380 million. And there's some controversy over that. What do experts say about public financing for sports stadiums? Virtually every economist that you would ask would say it's a very bad idea mm-hmm. that the jobs and the and the revenue that would come from a project like that um, would come from a privately built project. That was brought up time and again in front of the Nevada legislature and the A's uh, analyst who um, they paid for to be there to present the project. This was his answer. Basically, that public funding is a bad deal everywhere except mm. in Las Vegas. So uh, which is, of course, the argument that has been used forever and ever. And, you know, California has gotten wise to it. Californians don't 
pay to build billionaires, you know, their their stadiums and their ballparks. And, and mm-hmm. it's worked out pretty well. I mean, it, we have two examples right here in San Francisco of, you know, Oracle Ballpark, um, which the Giants built privately. They were the first ones to do it. And it was very controversial at the time. And it's been wildly successful. And then Joe Lacob privately built Chase Center. So it can be done. There are so many examples of how it's gone wrong. Um, One is in Miami, which is a tourist destination like Vegas. They built this state-of-the-art retractable roof stadium and nobody goes to it. Mm. So in the meantime, there is still this strong, deep-seated desire to see the ace stay in Oakland. I mean, from everywhere, even Senator Alex Padilla and Representative Barbara Lee have both publicly asked Major League Baseball to keep the A's in the town. Is there a scenario here where that might still happen? Or did that Nevada legislative deal just make that less likely? I think it made it way less likely. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think there's probably some scenario. There was always thought that Vegas should have been an expansion team market. Mm-hmm. And so now there's talk about would Oakland be able to get an expansion team? This is not a done deal. And as everyone says, from the mayor of Oakland to the the fan on the street, until there's a shovel in the ground and this thing is really underway, Anything could happen, especially when dealing with an owner like John Fisher. I don't know what the scenario would be, but I, I don't think it's there yet. It's just that it 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 looks a lot gloomier than it did a few days ago. You know, and on this show, we talk a lot about the challenges facing the Bay Area. This week, we talked about how our local public transit agencies are at this very vulnerable place right now. And it's important to note that Tuesday night, of the reverse boycott was also the second highest BART ridership since the start of the pandemic. You know, what does that say about the team's impact in Oakland and, you know, just beyond its place for longtime dedicated fans? Yeah, I mean, I think that things go hand in hand. And then that's another thing that's always, you know, when you bring up BART and, and the Oakland Coliseum, it's just, it's so baffling to me that that site has been denigrated but and not seen as a viable site. I mean, it's got freeway access. It's got a BART station right there. Um, it's easy to get to. It's a huge piece of undeveloped land that, you know, anyone with any vision or creativity could figure out how to build a complex that would include a ballpark and housing and retail and hotels and a, a basically a ballpark city like they have in other areas of the country. But losing the A's would be a blow, not only to baseball fans, but to the economy, to the self-image of Oakland. I mean, you know, when I was a little kid, I thought I thought the sports world revolved around Oakland. There was a mm-hmm football team that went to the Super Bowl and won it. There was a baseball team that had won three World Series. There was a basketball team that had won the NBA championship. Mm -hmm. And to see that just ripped away from a city that's very diverse, very blue collar, has very deep roots, and really has cared about their sports teams, it's really kind of difficult to see. It's very painful. Yeah. So that publicly funded stadium, Vegas, that wouldn't actually be completed until 2028, would the A's stay in the Oakland Coliseum in the interim? Uh, that's that's a really good question. Their lease runs through next season. So I think it's unlikely if by that point there are shovels in the ground in Las Vegas that Oakland would be willing to extend their lease mm-hmm. and would force them out. And then 
where do they go? They have a minor league stadium there in Las Vegas. It holds 10,000 people. Are you going to have a major league team playing a 10,000 seat stadium um, that is not enclosed and, you know, it does not have a retractable roof in 110 degree weather? That's the thing. There's usually a honeymoon period for a team that's that's moving somewhere. And by the time they actually get there, they may have worn out their welcome in other ways. Right. And whether they remake themselves into a winner and put any money back into the team while they're also paying a billion dollars, I just, I don't really see it. So, Anne, you've reported on Bay Area sports for more than 25 years. And as we approach what could be the end of the A's time in Oakland, I mean, you've shared even what this space has meant to you growing up. What stands out to you about this team and its supporters? For all of my reporting career, um, they've been the underdog. And that's a powerful thing. I think that binds people together. And even when they were outdrawing the Giants back in the early 90s, late 80s, they still kind of had that underdog mentality because the Giants got to the Bay Area 10 years before the A's did. And so they were always kind of the second team. And they always had this kind of quirky side with the white shoes. And back in when I was following them as a kid, the the mustaches and Mm -hmm. um but they they connected with the Bay Area. There's just a pride that Oakland has about the A's. And even though all the best players always got sold off and disappeared and went to other teams, there was something kind of joyous and, and fun um, about going to an A's game, even though it wasn't, you know, a shiny new stadium. And the fans have always kind of reflected that. And, you know, no one can really blame them for staying away in the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. They have an owner that doesn't seem to care about them and continues to, you know, change what he wants or what he needs and move the goalposts. And I don't know, this the way this has gone down may kill a lot of people's love of baseball because um, this is a real betrayal. Mm. And thank you so much for your perspective on this. I appreciate it so much. Thanks for having me. Anne Killian is a sports columnist at The Chronicle. Find her stories as well as continued coverage on the relocation of the Oakland A's online at sfchronicle.com and on The Chronicle app. Thank you to Laura Wenis for editing this episode, Sarah Feldberg and Gary Baca for the additional production support, and thank you for listening.